Autumn storm. For half a decade, he says he moved back and forth between two worlds and two identities, when one misplaced sentence could have cost him his life. You don't know what angle he's playing. Traveling between atheism, hardline Islam, English and Arabic. In one minute, he is 007. On the other side, he is now part of the militant circle. Between being an agent for Western intelligence and a sworn member of Al-Qaeda, Storm says he was a double agent, so trusted by Al-Qaeda terror leaders. He even fixed one up with a blonde European wife. Brother, this is me without a headscarf. A unique, powerful weapon in the war on terror, who says he got results. I have been responsible for 30 kills. 30 terrorists killed. In a race against time, trying to bring down the most dangerous terrorists before they can launch their next attack. Double agent inside Al-Qaeda for the CIA. Driving deep in Yemen's lawless south, Morton Storm is at the wheel on a spy mission for the CIA. He's hoping this video may help lead his spy masters to the hideout of one of the world's most dangerous terrorists. They would have followed my mobile phones, you know, the satellites, and they can also see the time would have been standing still and not moving around. The CIA will get the video, Storm says, only if he survives the mission. The stakes could not be higher. If it were leaked or, or, or revealed that I was a spy, there's no way I can get out from that place because I'm there by myself and I'll get executed. How would they execute you? In the worst possible way, either they would slice your throat, behead you, or they shoot you and hang you up and crucify you. Storm's target, one of the United States' most wanted Al-Qaeda leaders. American-born cleric Amwar al-Laki, now in Yemen, bursting with hate for the US. We are not against Americans for just being American. We are against evil. And America as a whole has turned into a nation of evil. Al-Laki has many like-minded followers. And there is a grave concern that he is inspiring, even helping them to plan and launch terror attacks inside the United States. We will fight back and incite others to do the same. It's late October 2008. The CIA is desperate to find Al-Qaeda leaders like Al-Laki and Storm a Dane is exactly what the CIA needs. I had these different names. Uh, I had different personalities. Uh, I was Mon Storm, Murat Storm, Abu Usama, Abu Mujahid, uh, polar bear. Uh, uh, polar bear. Uh, it's some kind of schizophrenic lifestyle. And he has made important, surprising connections with Al-Qaeda leaders, according to counterterrorism expert Magnus Ranstorp by almost sheer luck uh, to some extent that he had been to the many places, he had met all the right people. He's almost a Forrest Gump uh, of sort of radical Islamism. Uh, I don't think that there are many people um, like him uh, that have all those 
different dimensions. He was the real deal. The real deal, a larger-than-life personality who reveals his journey from jihad to James Bond in this book, Agent Storm, My Life Inside Al-Qaeda and the CIA, co-authored by Paul Cruikshank and Tim Lister, both CNN contributors. Coming up, how Storm goes from boxer to holy warrior. I was invited by Osama bin Laden to join up with him in the training camp in Afghanistan. Morton Storm's path to the CIA begins here, in Denmark. I could play on the countryside, I could play in the forest, I could play on the beach. There was plenty of facilities for sport, and, uh, and that's what I did. Age seven, typical boy, loves laser tag, but behind the smile, there's trouble. I grew up with no dad. How did that affect you? It affected me emotionally. You felt frustrated and, ang and angry. Seemingly hardworking, selling vegetables at market, age 13. But he is already committing armed robbery. Armed robbery? Armed robbery. What was going through your head? Adrenaline. Adrenaline, um, something excitement. Adrenaline and anger become Morton Storm's trademarks. By his early teens, he was a boxer. Boxing for me was a way of getting out of my aggressions. But your fighting just wasn't limited to the ring, though. It wasn't limited to the ring. Najib Kaja is a few years younger, living in the same hood. First time I met him, he was a kind of a crazy person, and he talked a lot. What was he talking about? Fights, brawls that he's been into. I would go to the clubs with immigrant friends I had. They were hated because they looked different, and um, I felt the need to stand up for them. I, I, I would knock out big adults, you know, big-sized men with one punch, and uh, I, I became fierce. At age 19, he joined the Bandidos, a notorious biker gang. Storm says he was their toughest enforcer, raw muscle. Boxing, biking with the banditos, armed robbery, whatever Storm is doing, is always doing it to the max. His life is descending into criminality and chaos. Storm craves sanity, stability, comes here, his local library, drawn to the tiny religion section. He sees a book, The Life of the Prophet Muhammad. It is the moment when his life changes forever. He pulls the book from the shelf, finds somewhere to sit down, begins reading. Six hours, hundreds of pages. Within weeks, he is converting to Islam. It changed me. It spoke to me. That book, this is the truth. The truth, I found the truth. He takes the name Murad Storm, travels to Yemen, attends a seminary, learns Arabic, and a strict, uncompromising interpretation of Islam. I was taught everyone else is wrong. 
As simple as that, black and white, you have the truth, they're wrong. That's right. And those who are wrong, Storm believes, are the enemy. All he can think about is training for jihad. Storm is white and European, traits that might help a terrorist living in the West avoid detection. He says he soon catches the eye of al-Qaeda's leader. I was invited by Osama bin Laden to join up with him in the training camps in, in Afghanistan. Storm won't make it to Afghanistan, but he names his son Osama in honor of bin Laden. He was a person who dared to challenge the America. Next time Najib sees him in Denmark, Storm is a different man. The things that he was saying were so extreme that some of the imams, they, uh, they couldn't cope with it, the stuff he was saying. So he was hanging out on the street and preaching a lot. Pre preaching what? He was preaching actually jihad. That's him smiling in 2005 part of a radical Islamist demonstration and flag burning outside the American embassy in London. Storm is hungry for real action, for jihad. He's been in a very hardcore environment. He sees his opportunity when Ajib Khaja, now a journalist, says he wants to shoot a film about Mujahideen in Yemen. The access that he gave me in Yemen was uh, very unique. It was uh, crazy, you know, uh, some of the persons that he introduced me to. Including the radical cleric Anwar Awlaki. Jihad against America is binding upon myself. They talked a lot about jihad, for example. And again, Storm was the extreme guy. Storm was being talked down by Anwar Awlaki. Talk down from an extreme view. Yes. Aulaki was telling Storm to chill out. Yet Storm won't be calmed. He decides to join jihadists in Somalia. And I had to join that. I had to join according to my religious belief. He returns to Denmark, where he says he gathers military supplies, preparing himself for war. I said goodbye to my children, to my family. Then, at the last minute, a phone call from Somalia. He said, Murad, we lost the airport. In Mogadishu? In Mogadishu. What does that mean? He said, you can't come. You can't come, it's too dangerous for you. What, what's going through your mind then? So obviously it's Allah's will that I don't go. And I'm so deeply disappointed and devastated. I feel betrayed, you know. Betrayed by his God, unable to fight for his religion, he says. Just as fast as Islam had taken hold, doubt and questions enter. I sat down in, the, in front of a laptop and I type contradictions in the Quran. I'm daring to ask this question. I had to enter and, and um, I saw plenty of websites talking about contradictions in the Quran. It took some time to research them, but once I concluded that they were genuinely contradictions, that's when it wiped totally away my faith. Is that when you stop being a Muslim? That's when I stop being a Muslim, in my heart, in my belief. Years of radical brainwashing strip away in seconds, and Storm makes a stunning decision to switch sides. I told him, guys, I'm not longer Muslim. I want to fight the war on terror. The question now, 
Would anyone believe him? Morton Storm has lost his faith in Islam, but not his desire to fight. Now he wants to switch sides to work for the West as a double agent, targeting his former friends, the radical Islamists. He tells us he reaches out to Danish intelligence agents. They meet immediately. The first order of business, room service, and Storm orders what no devout Muslim would eat or drink. I told him I want something with pork and bacon in it, and I want a beer. Beer and bacon for a Muslim? They couldn't believe it. They, they couldn't really not believe their own ears. I told them, guys, I'm not longer Muslim. I decided to, I want to fight the war on terror. And uh, when I told him I was on their side, he high-fired me. He said, this is going to be great. Storm is a spy master's dream. I mean, here you have someone who has so many different personas and are able to switch through the different personas in such rapid succession. And he appears to have connections at the top levels of Al-Qaeda. It's no doubt that he was a, a very valuable uh, agent and has access to, to some of the, the sources they really uh, want to get access to. Storm says Danish intelligence wastes no time and sets him up as an operative, giving him a cell phone and about $2,000 a month. I said, yeah, I, I, that would pay my bills, and I was happy about what I did. It, it wasn't for the money. According to Storm, his early missions are successful. In Lebanon, predicting a jihadi uprising. In Denmark, helping identify terror suspects. He quickly becomes a double agent in demand with other Western agencies, including the British. He was coming up with ideas for them, and he was, uh, in terms of uh, being able to improvise and being able to stay in character, he was perfect. Storm says he's now on the CIA's radar. They meet inside the Scandic Hotel in Copenhagen. So the British want to use Morton Storm. Then the CIA come on the scene. Is this heard of before in the spy world like this? No, it's, I think it's very unusual for everyone to sort of uh, almost feed off Morton. I think that's quite unusual. Storm says the CIA and the British exploit his terrorist links, sending him on trips to Kenya to meet African jihadists. This is one of the places they used to meet, a nondescript mall in the heart of Nairobi, in a hotel tucked away just inside, right next door to Kenya's largest mosque. Storm explains he delivered a bugged Blackberry, destined for an Al-Qaeda operative, wanted for his suspected role in the 1998 US embassy bombings that killed 224 people. Three months later, that terrorist was dead, Storm says, because of him. But his most important mission is yet to come in Yemen. There was just the time where Emeril Alari became an interesting person for them. For the CIA. For the CIA. Amwar al-Laki, American educated cleric, al-Qaeda leader. Storm calls him a personal friend from his days as a jihadist. Al-Laki's been inspiring terrorist attacks around the world. 
the 2005 suicide bombings on London trains and a double-decker bus, leaving 52 dead. Two foiled 2006 plots. Threat level to the UK has been raised to critical. One to blow up planes flying to the United States, the other to blow up buildings in Canada. And in 2008, a deadly attack on the US Embassy in Yemen. And Storm says he can provide the CIA something no one else can. Access to our lackey himself. He tells us the CIA sent him on this dangerous spy mission. October 2008, a month after the embassy attack. To see our lackey now hiding in a remote part of Yemen. He's worried about security, but he's also worried about that people following me. The mission, give our lackey a laptop, solar panels, and night vision goggles he'd requested. Some secretly implanted with spy software. Then Storm says he gives our lackey one more CIA gift, $5,000 cash. He looked at me and he tapped his chest pocket where the $5,000 were. And he said, can we buy bullets and weapons? I said, yeah, of course you can. My handler, CIA handler in Denmark, he said, you know what? You've just been tested and you just passed it. Because if I said no, he knew and well, that this money was from the intelligence and uh, he knew that they're not allowed to sponsor uh, or, or to, to pay for weapons and bullets. Storm is loving his 007 life. But as he drives away from this meeting with our lackey, he is worried. The tables have turned. Our lackey has grown more violent and the world should be afraid. Anwar was wearing a green military camouflage jacket, Bin Laden style, over his robe. He had a Yemeni ceremonial dagger and a revolver in his belt, and a Kalashnikov was slung over his shoulder. I tried not to look surprised. The preacher had become a fighter. He stays in touch with the radical cleric. They share an email account. Messages written, saved as drafts, read but never sent. Avoiding our lackey wrongly believes, spy agencies reading them. Storm says the next visit, our lackey is even more paranoid and tells him to tighten security. When I met Anwar back in 2009, he instructed me to use an encrypted message system called Mujahideen Secrets. It was invented to create the secure online communication between terrorists or Al-Qaeda members all over the world. The message can be unscrambled and read only by the person to whom the sender has given a code to unlock it. Jihadi spycraft, soon to be vital in Storm's most important mission yet. Awlaki is fast rising up the CIA's most wanted list and Storm believes he has the perfect plan to trap him. Brother, this is me without the headscarves. Using a European blonde as bait. I hope you will be pleased with it, inshallah.
Sebastian is there with many of the Muslims around the world. This is the voice of American-born cleric Amwar al-Laki, in audio obtained exclusively by CNN. The majority of the people around us are disbelievers. He's talking to wealthy Muslim donors, hoping they will give money to support al-Qaeda. All the brothers are smiling. But this Skype call is much more than what it seems. This is spycraft in action. Morton Storm says he's arranged this call to demonstrate allegiance to al-Laki and the militants. What al-Laki doesn't know is that Storm is a double agent working for the other side, for Danish, British and American spies. You should support the Islamic causes, whether we're talking about Somalia or Afghanistan or Iraq or Tunisia. It's clear to the West that al-Laki is a growing danger, infecting the minds of Muslims everywhere. Just months after the Skype call, United States Army Major Nidal Hassan goes on a shooting rampage at his base in Fort Hood, Texas. Hassan kills 13 fellow soldiers and calls al-Laki his inspiration. They'd exchanged emails. The cleric turned terror leader takes credit. His website reads, Nidal Hassan is a hero. We all knew that he had to be killed. That was clearly stated. Everyone knows yeah. this, yeah. very clearly. Yeah. Just one month later, breaking news. Al-Laki sends the so-called underpants bomber to blow up Northwest Flight 253 as it lands in Detroit Christmas Day 2009. A passenger tried to detonate some kind of explosive. The plot is foiled, but CIA agents now know there is no time to lose. Amwar Al-Laki is waging a relentless bloody war against Americans. More than ever, Storm says, the CIA is realizing they need him. America as a whole has turned into a nation of evil. Al-Laki must be eliminated. But Storm says his bosses from American, British and Danish intelligence agencies disagree about how to take out Al-Laki. Controlling the plan means controlling Storm. In a bizarre courtship, the spy agencies lavish attention on Storm, trying to win his loyalty. First up, the Danish, wooing Storm on behalf of the CIA. We went to Iceland, up to the Blue Lagoon, and uh, we spent some time up there. You were kind of chilling out quite literally up there, right? Yeah, yeah, we were, yeah. Danish agents break all the rules, taking happy snaps with him. Not to be outdone, the British take Storm to Sweden. They booked a four days team building trip at the Ice Hotel. We had extraordinary good team building. Yes, yes, yes. We went dog sledding. In Sweden. <laughs> we went snow scootering. I stayed in a very expensive room inside the Ice Hotel. Storm says he ultimately chooses to work with the CIA which supports his plan to locate and assassinate Al-Laki by using an unsuspecting woman as bait. Unbelievably, Al-Laki has asked Storm to play matchmaker and find him a European blonde to be his third wife. 
Storm's search leads him to Irina Horek from Croatia, a recent convert to Islam, who now calls herself Amina. They chat on Facebook. European blonde, exactly what Amber wanted. And she asked me for new annual Aulaki and if I could help her to get married. Aulaki's Mujahideen secrets encrypted emails to Storm show he is hooked. So far, I'm interested. Please update me on the sister situation. If you could try to speed up her travel into Yemen. Through Storm, Aulaki and Amina exchange encrypted emails. It's a match. They agree to marry. Storm says the CIA sends him to Austria for a rendezvous with Amina. They will meet at the bus station. It's Storm's most important spy mission so far. He can't afford any mistakes, but almost immediately he's disobeying the CIA. According to Storm, the American agents have a very specific plan. Walk past this bakery. Take Amina to a specific cafe that they have under surveillance. They want the first meeting with Amina here in this cafe. Realizing it is selling beer, no place for a devout Muslim, Storm, without checking with his handlers, changes the plan. He brings Amina to a nearby McDonald's, shows her Alaki's notes on his computer. But the CIA agents are angry. Storm says they think he has gone rogue. Again, I improvised for myself. I took control. Aren't they supposed to be running you rather than you running them? In the ideal world, probably, yes. Bottom line, the CIA can't be picky. To locate and eliminate Aulaki, they need Storm, and they are willing to pay if his plan works. You get a quarter of a million dollars from the CIA when Amina crosses into Yemen. That's correct. After seven weeks, Storm sent back to Vienna for another meeting with Amina, the next step in the matchmaking. He shows her this video from Aulaki. This recording is done specifically for uh, Sister Amina, the brother who's carrying this uh, recording is a trustworthy brother. What's her reaction when she's watching that video? She's full of joy and tears. You do really know him, she said. You do really know him. I hope you are well. Then Storm has her record a video for Aulaki in return. Assalamu alaikum, brother. It's me, Amina. And uh, I just want to tell you uh, that uh, right now I feel nervous and this is very awkward for me. Aulaki wants a blonde European wife. The plan has to work. Storm convinces her to break Muslim taboo and take off her headscarf. Brother, this is me without a headscarf, so you can see my hair. I hope you will be pleased with it, inshallah. Coming up... James Bond, 007. Clink, clink, clink. And you know, it just it opened up. Agent Storm's biggest payday yet. But all does not go as planned. The Americans refused to speak to me for six months.
Amina, the cute young European, is getting ready to go to Yemen to marry one of the world's most wanted terrorists. Choose what is uh, better for you regarding this uh, proposal. The sexy blonde is bait, an unsuspecting sacrificial lamb in a plot to kill a lustful Al-Qaeda leader who's inspired terror attacks in America. Morton Storm says it is his plan, backed by the CIA. It's unbelievable that uh, he has been able to uh, be so trusted by one of the world's most uh, hunted terrorist leaders that he would even become uh, a matchmaker. If all goes as planned, the unwitting bride-to-be will travel with a suitcase that has a hidden tracking device. Storm scrawls mission notes, finalizing plans getting her to Yemen. Vienna, meet McDonald's, 10 a.m. She needs a cover story to get her visa at the embassy. Buy the plane ticket and secret email accounts to keep in touch. $3,000 cash, sanctioned by the CIA. If she gets to Yemen, the CIA promises Storm $250,000. He knows it could cost the blonde her life. How do you reconcile that? Um, uh, She's an innocent. Uh, well, she wasn't, according to, to, to my judgment of her, she was uh, a ticking time bomb uh, running around in Europe. And she was already convinced about what she wanted to do. And if we can use her to get close to Amr al and to hit him, well, it, that's, that's the way it goes. Aulaki's encrypted email to Storm dictates she bring one carry-on bag, one medium suitcase. Storm says he picks a grey Samsonite, passes the measurements to the CIA, which hides the tracking device in the handle. As she arrives at the Vienna airport for her flight, the attractive blonde has no idea what she is carrying. Amina is getting on her plane for Yemen. Storm is hundreds of miles away in Denmark. The honey trap plot with the blonde is finally in play. If the plan works, they will find one of the world's most wanted terrorists. Storm tells us inside this seaside villa with his Danish and CIA handlers, it's serious. Eyes on laptops and blackberries. They are tracking every step of Amina's travel to Yemen. The atmosphere is electric, but hanging over the operation questions, what happens if the European blonde dies? Collateral damage. Amina makes it to Yemen. Storm recalls receiving a text message from one of his Danish handlers. Saying, uh, congratulations, brother. You just became rich, very rich. Soon, he is in yet another meeting with intelligence agents. One from the CIA is anxious for Storm to open the briefcase they brought with them. And he looked at me with a massive smile on his face. What do you think the code is? I think, I have no clue. I didn't even think that there was three numbers on each you know, side. Come on, come on, he said, come on, think about it. I said, I, I don't know, I have no clue. He said, try it. 007, it's something like this. <laughs> James Bond. James Bond, 007, he told me. And I did, clink, clink, clink. 
And you know, it just, it opened up. So happy with the cash, he took this photo of the $250,000 inside. Then this, an encrypted message from our lackey, an update, it's about Amina. We got married. Our lackey ironically adding, mashallah, she turned out better than I expected and better than you described. She was a very pretty girl. And he was happy. He was extremely happy, yeah. But there's also an email from Amina, a bombshell. Security conscious Aulaki had told Amina to dump the suitcase before they meet, leaving behind it and the tracking device. CNN contacted Amina's family, who declined to comment. Storm says the CIA is furious his plan failed. The Americans refused to speak to me for six months. No US official here in Denmark or anywhere else has ever acknowledged Storm's claims of a role with the CIA. The CIA itself declined our request for a comment. The CIA keeps Storm sidelined, even as Aulaki's killer crusade continues. Sophisticated printer bombs like this. One on cargo planes headed to the USA. Luckily, they are intercepted before they explode. Storm says he gets a text message from the CIA, which says they've lost all track of our lackey. They are desperate and want Storm's help again. One of my handlers, Jesper, he, um, he told me that there will be a bounty for this one and uh, uh, I would get rewarded uh, with the five million dollars. Five million dollars? Yes, you will get paid five million dollars for this. Next, Aulaki eliminated. The man known as one of the top terrorist recruiters in the world has been killed. And Storm in the crosshairs of jihadists. Radical Islamist Amr al-Laki has caused terror attacks worldwide. London, Yemen, the US. Intelligence agencies are desperate to stop him. Morton Storm, who al-Laki believes is a friend, says he's tried but failed before to help locate the radical cleric. Now he tells of a new plan, one in which an unsuspecting Yemeni courier is handed Storm's thumb drive to take to Aulaki, an exchange that is under surveillance, according to Storm. I informed the Danish government, they informed the, the Americans, who will then send people over there to watch, watch it. What happens next? Unclear. Then, three weeks later, we begin with the biggest blow to al-Qaeda since the killing of Osama is one of the top terrorist recruiters in the world. that Anwar al-Awlaki is dead. Al-Awlaki's death could mean a $5 million CIA bounty for Storm. Soon, he says, he receives a text message. It's from a Danish agent, codenamed Klang, saying, I'm so sorry, but it wasn't us. The CIA says 
Aulaki's death was not Storm's work. I, I thought, well, it wasn't meant to happen, and, and Klang, he said, oh, you know, I'm so sorry about it, and I said, don't worry about it, just tell the Americans, tell Big Brother, congratulations. But two days later, he learns more when he picks up a copy of the British newspaper, The Telegraph. Sprawled across the front page, how America finally caught up with Amr al-Laki. The capture of a low-level errand runner was the key breakthrough that led to the Al-Qaeda leader's death. I, I, I froze when I read it. I, I was like, I had that ice in my stomach. I said, that's, that's my mission. The, 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 the dates, the, the time period that he was arrested, young career matches the young career that I met. Storm believes he was key in leading the CIA to Al Laki. He feels cheated and he lets intelligence agencies know he is furious. According to Storm, they set up a meeting at the Marion List Hotel in Denmark. Inside the lobby, Storm says he starts secretly recording as Danish agents approach. I put my iPhone in my pocket and I recorded the conversation. Then, inside a private room, Storm says he continues recording as he comes face to face with a man he says is CIA agent Michael. Either you trust us or you don't. In this case, I guess you don't. I don't. But we had our team, we had our whole project going, mm -hmm. of which you played the highest role. Mm -hmm. Okay, President mm -hmm. of the United States. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> he knows about you. The CIA's attempt to placate Storm fails. Tempers are rising. Now, I'm not sure why you think we would you over. Why do you think that? First of all, it's about honor as so well. So now we don't have any honor. Come on. No, 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 no. You ask me, I, I want to answer. Okay. I went to Yemen again. I established the contact with Anwar, and I was the only one Anwar he trusted to, to give, or give him anything. Now, I even sent Anwar a wife. Did any of your agents? CNN has not authenticated the recordings. The meeting ends when Michael leaves without saying goodbye. Storm believes his spying career is over. That must have been an incredibly hard moment. Yes, it, it was hard because I, I like these people quite a lot. And uh, what well, I did. <laughs> Three years later, this is still hard. Oh, it's very hard. <clears throat> the blow up here is a turning point. Trust between Morton and the CIA, if it ever existed, will never be the same again. The very next day, a defiant Morton Storm pulls into this roadway rest stop near Copenhagen. He is bitter and has arranged to meet newspaper reporter and Morton Storm was Carsten Ellegaard at sunset. And he said, uh, well, uh, take your mobile phone, what you got, and put it in your car. Storm doesn't want to be recorded. He is still thinking like a spy. Yet, he is about to blow his cover. 
I showed him my passports. He looked at them. I told him this is what happened. Storm wants Eligard to tell the world that the CIA is double-crossing him. He was uh, angry and he was uh, upset and maybe he also was a little bit nervous because it was uh, the very first time that uh, he told anybody that he has been living a double life. Eligard warns Storm that going public has consequences. I tell Morton it can be dangerous for him and uh, it will change his life for good. The last thing I say to him, go home, think about this. He does and decides he's not ready to reveal his spy story to the world. Soon he gets this email from Amina, Aulaki's blonde bride turned widow. She writes, I want to do a martyrdom operation and join her husband in paradise. She asks if Storm can check, am I on the CIA wanted list or no fly list? In fact, a European counter-terrorism official has told CNN that a threat bulletin was issued, warning that Amina could be dangerous. Many months later, Storm contacts Eligard again. This time, the newspaper, Jyllands Posten, jumps on the story, and it becomes a sensation in Denmark. And Storm becomes a marked man. Jihadists in Syria release this video, faces of their enemies lined up on a wall, including a photo of Morton Storm. By going public, I knew that groups like al-Nusra, those jihadists in Syria, and their like-minded like people in Europe or anywhere in the world would like to see me dead. The American, British and Danish spy agencies all declined CNN's request for comment on Morton Storm. To date, Storm's story and his value to those agencies has never been publicly contradicted. My agenda was to do a change to save people's lives. And I, I done so. So, so I was a bad spy, able of creating good results. Multiple identities, shifting loyalties, a life of extremes, from radical Islam to top-level secret agent. Now, Morton Storm has emerged from the shadows, taking his chances in the spotlight, left with what he says a few allies, but plenty of deadly enemies.